0: Hey, listen, welcome to the HeyListen and Gamescast episode 125. My name is Jeff. I am here this week to talk about some crazy news that just broke this week. Joining me here to talk about all the news is Nathan Wagner.
1: Hey, Jeff. Good to hear back from you.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, good to be here with you today. Uh, we, we knew we had to get a show off this week after hearing some of the news stories that broke and then... Um, We also thought it'd be kind of fun to uh, share some of our uh, gaming opinions that, uh, you know, everyone might not agree with. So uh, that'll be kind of our main segment today. Um, But we're going to kind of reorder the news. Um, We're going to kind of try to hit the news in the show for now and kind of like, kind of what we think is kind of the smallest kind of news leading up to kind of the biggest news. So our big news will come at the end of this first segment today. But I did want to start off by saying uh, Resident Evil 2 um, came in at a 91%. At uh, Metacritic, and you know, I listened to last week's show that you and Rob did. You guys predicted Metacritic shows or scores. Metacritic scores <laughs> for yeah. all the uh, all the games this year, and this was like the only game Rob like gave a high score to, and he gave it a ninety-five, and you guessed eighty-five. So technically, Rob beat
1: you by one percent on this prediction here. Wow. Well i rob starting off the year with a one lead so but i'm hoping every other game rob guessed was like super low so i'm hoping i can uh, make up some ground
0: yeah yeah no so R- rob wins uh this round but yeah we'll, we'll keep track as the as the year goes on here but um overall you know i uh i don't think either of us have played the game yet but it looks like you know it's being received very well by you know not only critics but fans as well just looking through our twitter you know i've seen lots of People who are fans of the original Resident Evil 2 just really loving what they did. And then, you know, also newcomers who've never played the game just really, really impressed um, with uh, what's going on in the game.
1: Yeah, it looks like a lot of people are really enjoying it. Um, I'm not really a huge Resident Evil fan. The only one I've played is uh, 4 and 5. And as you guys know, if you've listened to the show a while, I'm not a huge fan of zombies, so that doesn't draw me. And I'm terrified (laughs) of spooky games, so... Not quite up my alley, but I'm glad uh, people seem to be enjoying it.
0: Yeah, no, it's same here. I've only really played the original, and, you know, it hasn't aged Super Bowl. Like It was the original PS1 that they ported like, to uh, to PS4. PS4, um, yeah. And, that one well, still
1: had, like, the tank controls. Like, this one, they kind of almost yeah. remade the whole game, basically. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly.
0: This one looks all, or looks and plays a lot more like a modern, you know, kind of over-the-shoulder shooter. Kind of like Resident Evil 4 onward, kind of the style they've done. Uh, but, yeah, it definitely looks really cool, just the the graphics and the engine and just like the different stuff you can do in the game looks really impressive so i'm um, good to see you know the year start off with a, a well-received game uh, a really good remake um, i feel like a lot of remakes in the last couple of years have kind of been eh, so-so or you know haven't haven't always been uh, really well-made ports but this is a really kind of remade from the ground up uh, good version of Resident Evil 2 so good good to see a uh, good game yeah, out here definitely Um, So, our next news piece here um, has to do with everyone's favorite games retailer, GameStop. Um, They put up a PS4 uh, Pro uh, special edition for the new Kingdom Hearts game coming out. And um, the thing about this special edition is it was pre-ordered by thousands of Kingdom Hearts fans all across the nation. And GameStop has now started to cancel a lot of these um, pre-orders. And basically, they put out a statement saying, you know, we sold too many pre-orders. We don't actually have that many in stock coming through, so we're having to cancel. And we're giving a $25 gift card to the people who were affected by this. Um, But, I mean, you know how... how crazy, passionate, you know, Kingdom Hearts fans are. And so, like, if, if you were to do this to any fan base, like cancel a special edition console, I think the Kingdom Hearts fan base would probably be the one worst fan base to do this to, in my
1: opinion. Yeah, especially since they've been waiting for, you know, what is it, 15 yeah. years or something <laughs> like that for this exactly. game. And, you know, if they're buying the PS4 Pro special edition, it's not like an edition of the game. It's a whole console edition that mm-hmm. they are very passionate. They really wanted this thing, and now they're kind of, Screwed because I'm sure it's too late to you know be, be able to pre-order anywhere else if the game comes out literally. No, no yeah, cheap. it's it's only at GameStop
0: this this special
1: edition. Oh so really? The oh, people who only? got these, I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah, the people who got these pre-orders cancel. It's not. Oh, maybe I'll find it again. It's not you like know, some, can... somewhere later. It's yeah. Maybe no, I'm never going to wait to be able to get it unless that. I buy it. You know, for a ridiculous price on
1: eBay from some. Oh my gosh, that makes this way worse even. That... Yeah. That, so, is, that is not great.
0: Definitely, definitely sting those fans, especially since they've already been waiting so long for you know Kingdom Hearts three. And you know, I think not only does this you know hurt GameStop's business, but it you know hurts the these consumers because they you know probably could have gotten a PS4 Pro on a better deal a long time ago, and they've been waiting for this one, and now they're not going to be able to get it. So really, really a bummer to see see this happen. Um, ho- hopefully, they're still able to pick up the game launch day and you know, get, get, get the game all right. And, you know, not run out of pre-orders for that or anything, but for sure, but kind of crazy to see. So our condolences uh, to, to you, if you, this, uh, this happened to you, but if this affected you, yeah. um, something neat that PlayStation uh, did do uh, this week is um, they kind of put in a, um, a new website where you could go in as a PlayStation user and see your, 2018 gaming stats. So this kind of went live for Europe a couple of weeks ago, but wasn't really live for North American users until uh, really this week. And so basically, you go in, you log into your account, and then it'll just give you a bunch of playtime hours, trophies you've earned, um, tons of different cool stats on there. Um, Nathan, did you try this one out?
1: I did, yeah. Um, I actually, I actually got the email. This the first way oh, nice. I got an email from PlayStation. They're like, "Hey, check out your 2018 gaming stats." And then there was also uh, three different free themes in there um, that I could go in there and cool. add as well. So I checked it out, and it's kind of nice to be able to actually look and see what my gaming time and hours and stuff on my ps4 is mm-hmm. um that's you know just kind of a fun feature i have on a console i love doing that on my switch yeah i, I wish so i'm really appreciative that sony has kind of given this to us um i wish that it was just available year-round and you could check yes. whatever but um, it's yeah, really yeah, interesting for sure. i in 2018 i clocked 575 hours of gameplay on my ps4 so decent Wait, amount but not was that, anything you too say 575 575
0: yeah. And that that was total on all PS4 games.
1: That was total on all PS4 so, games. So
0: um, so this is this is the, the crazy thing for me. It gave okay. me my top played games. I my top played
1: game was Destiny 2 for 572 hours. Oh my gosh. So you played Destiny 2 as much time as I spent playing every game on my PS4 in 2018. Apparently, apparently, yes. <laughs> that is hilarious. No, Destiny 2, I will say. So, you know, Destiny 2 was my most played game in 2018. Oh, nice. But it was, uh, I think it was like 85 hours or something like that. Oh, wow, yeah. So so you're pretty
0: well spread out then.
1: Yeah, yeah. My second second one was a 2K, obviously, and that was like Mm. 50-something hours. And then... You know, I, I, I had a huge, huge gap between my
0: top two. Destiny, obviously, was the top. And then yeah. my second most played game was uh, Spider-Man, and it was at like 40 hours. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. That is insane. Yeah. So, obviously, you know, I, Destiny is this game, you know, I play for a little bit almost every day. And so, I mean, it makes sense why why it's up there and is so high. But, uh, yeah, Spider-Man, I put a lot of time in 100%ing and playing through, you know, a second time um, on my second playthrough. through. So 40 hours, but it's kind of crazy to me that I don't really have any other game that's like around the 40 hour mark. I think my
1: third most played was Fortnite at 25 hours. So Wow. Wow. That's, I mean, that kind of just tells you, you play kind of one game and then you play, like how many games did you have? You, how I, had 88, I had 88 you, different games played, which so is So you played a lot. bunch of different games. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just normally, in, unless it's a game that, you know, it's a big A game that I'm wanting to see all the way through, com, through completion and more, yeah. like Spider-Man. It's not a game I'm gonna put more than I think 15, 20 hours into, which is what I kinda yeah. realized from this.
1: Sure. But I do wish I could see like my playtime for every you know, all those eighty eight games. Yeah, it it's... only gives you your top your top three games. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, yeah. tell you, you know, you spent this much on like you spent thirty five minutes on this random PS plus game you downloaded or something yeah, yeah. like that. No, that's that's one thing
0: I've always appreciated about Nintendo's consoles the last couple of years is you know, with the Wii you could look up your playtime for each day. Yeah. Um, it was fun going back And looking at that, and then with the Wii U and the 3DS, they actually had it really, really cool. They had a full, like, activity log app where you could Mm -hmm. see total games play time, how many times you've started the game, how much you played it during the month, like, what was your top game for each month. And all that was just tracking from day one on both of those systems. And then for the Switch, they kind of switched it where you could kind of see, like, your last 20 games generally how much you've played them played which is, and then which is how many cool. hours within five hours so it's
1: not as uh, detailed
0: yeah definitely not as detailed or anything but i mean i'm just wondering like sony's obviously tracking all these stats like they have the statistics i yeah. i really hope they put these things out like every month or like just make a website where we can log in and see all that stuff at any time because it's just it's just fun to look back and and see well, at what you've played
1: yeah and I, I don't know about you but i was looking on my kind of social media and a bunch of my friends and people i follow were tweeting out like, Hey, like I put up, this is how much I played on my PlayStation. This is my top played games. Like it was just kind of fun for people to share um, those stats with friends mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I think it makes sense for them to, to do more of this. Yeah. That's what, uh,
0: that's happened to me I, on my post. I had like three of my friends like go through and do the same thing and post it. And like Adam, Sumerster feels <laughs> me feel totally insignificant. He's like, yeah, I have 866 hours in destiny two. Like, I <laughs>
1: thought
0: I played it a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, but yeah, no, it's So yeah, if you want really to cool. check out your stats, you can uh, log into, uh, just log into your Sony account, I think. Um, and you'll be able to, to find those, which is neat. Yeah, we'll, we'll post a link on our Twitter if,
0: if you yeah. can't find it. Just check our Twitter. We'll have it up there for you guys. Um, so our next news piece uh, today comes with one of 2019's most anticipated games. Of course, we're talking about EA's Anthem. They had a brand new demo that was, uh, or launched yesterday, technically. This was the Anthem VIP demo. This is, you know, they've been very purposeful in not calling this an alpha or a beta. Like this is a demo. This is, you know, pretty close to representative of what the full game is going to be. Um, Right now it's only a VIP demo, so you can only get access if you basically have a special download code which you get from pre-ordering the game. And I think if you pre-order it, you get a couple codes to share with friends. So really uh-huh. just, it's a smaller, smaller group, you know, it's not open to, you know, 20 million people right now. And. Not yet. Yeah, um, next weekend they're supposed to do a, a full public demo, yes, correct? Yeah, N- next weekend is supposed to be the full open kind of demo. <laughs> but uh, the VIP demo was live yesterday. And from the get-go, I heard it start was starting to have server issues where people couldn't log in past the main, the main screen and it just wasn't really working. Um, I was lucky enough to get a VIP demo from a a friend of the show, uh, Vaughn Hunter. And he got in. We were going to play with Anthony, and it was going to be really fun. But I tried logging in for about 45 minutes, and I was able to get past the main menu after a couple tries. But basically, Uh you log in, and you get into the main kind of social – not social space, but the main kind of, like, NPC area. You Uh go talk to a guy, get a mission, and then as soon as you go to launch the mission on, like, the map – it just would give me a loading screen. I was getting really excited to play because I really want to try this game. And once you get to about 80%, it just freezes and it doesn't load anymore. And I waited for like 15, 20 minutes. And so I rebooted the game, tried again. Same exact problem. I'm like, I'll try it a third and final time. Same exact problem. After, you know, trying this for 45 minutes, I'm like, I'm not going to try this anymore. This is a waste of time. My first impression of Anthem now is that it's, a waste of time, it doesn't work. And this game is coming out in a month. And this is yeah. this is not an open demo. Like this isn't with, you know, twenty million people playing. This is a very small VIP demo and they can't even get it to work with this you know, they didn't have the server space or whatever the issue was for this. So really disappointing for me to see, and it I mean, you can't really get this first so impression back for you-, you know, the millions of players who pre ordered your game and are super excited to play it and can't even, you know, get in and do a single mission.
1: So you mentioned this was all yesterday. Have you tried at all to get in today yet? or? Yeah, I tried this morning. Same problem. Uh, same issue. Work. Okay, so and it's same... still going on basically 24 hours later.
0: Yeah, and same same with Anthony and, and Vaughn. They both uh, they messaged me this morning and last night and said it still wasn't working. And people just aren't able to get in. We're playing on <laughs> PS4, and PS4 players have had better life than Xbox. Xbox players oh, wow. haven't been able to even log in past the main menu because the the VIP codes aren't even like registering. And wow, so it's saying, a, it's saying you don't the have access. Xbox
1: so. has like the marketing deal for this game, right?
0: Yeah. They, they had the, like the, uh, the world premiere trailers. And I think, yeah, yeah they have
1: all the, all the commercials. Like it sh- the Xbox at the logo. commercial, it shows the Xbox logo instead yeah. of PS4 logo, etc. Huh? <laughs> yeah. That so is bad. Very, very disappointing.
0: And then, you know, this is a limited time demo. It goes Friday through Sunday yeah. And, you know, most players haven't even been able to play yet for the first 24 hours. So I'm guessing they're going to extend this VIP demo once they get the servers up and running. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been following a lot of the tweets of the developers and you know, yeah. producers, and they've said, hey, you know, the team's been staying late, you know, trying to get it to work. We're here trying to figure out the servers. And we're committed to making
1: the experience work, but uh, it's just – it's still not working. So It must I, be it- – It must be something beyond the servers because basically the way servers work for kind of a big game launch like this is a company will, you know, they hire a a third party to to use their servers Mm -hmm. and they say, hey, we need to use this many servers. And they're just kind of trying to guess how many you know people will be playing. And then oftentimes if people are having trouble logging in, then that means they don't have enough server space. So then they have to call that company and be like, hey, we need to get more this yeah. many more servers up and running etc that's kind of the way the process works and usually if this if it's a server issue um they can call that third-party company often it's like amazon or something like that and they'll fix it within two three hours or something like that so there must yeah. be more going on than just that if it's 24 hours later and it's still yeah. not working
0: yeah and like i said i can log in walk around the kind of the npc hub world but it's yeah. when i try to load into the map and i think it's kind of like destiny so like, when you load into a map even even if you're not matchmaking into an activity like you're just doing free roam like there's i think kind of other players kind of roaming around the world so i think that's where it's getting its hiccup it's just connecting like you. it's trying to connect to other ps4s
1: yeah and getting exactly confused or something
0: so there, there has there has been a few people who have been able to get in but the vast majority not able to get in yet and you know this game is coming out in less than a month february 22nd and this is you know think a troubling sign at the beginning and you know they knew how many people were going to be accessing this vip demo because you know they've seen the pre-order numbers and yeah i don't know i, I hope it gets better i'm excited to try it when it works um and hopefully you know it, it's going to be a lot of fun but very disappointing <laughs> to be excited to play this and then waste an hour yeah <laughs> playing yeah. it's it.
1: not great i i can't imagine what the because they're supposed to do a public beta where anyone can get in next week and i can't imagine yeah. what that is going to be like if they're struggling with just yeah. the, and you know, the if, set number of people. If they did call it a beta and this
0: was, you know, four or five months before launch, like, I'd be a little more understanding. But, like,
1: this is making me more worried that it's so close to launch and this is supposed to be, you know, a demo that's I mean, pretty much full game. I I actually kind of like the fact that they're calling it a demo because in the past, like, other EA betas that I've played have basically been demos like they've kind of been stress mm. testing the servers like for example a couple years ago battlefront 2 came out and i remember that was like battlefront 2 beta but it was like a similar thing like a month before launch and kind of too mm. late to really make major changes to the game but really just trying to see what the servers could handle etc yeah so yeah i don't know well, that's but not a great first impression and hopefully they figure it out because um i've actually been looking at preview coverage for this game and it looks I'm kind of getting excited about it. I'm trying not to, but it does look pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it looks looks like it'll be a fun time uh, if you can play
0: it. So yeah, anyways, so you can play it, that's <laughs> moving into our big news story this week. Nintendo has officially announced that Metroid Prime 4 was in trouble. And the development of the game is officially being restarted uh, with Retro Studios at the helm. So Nintendo put out you know, a short little video. Um, I think it was about two and a half minutes of the, you know, the kind of the lead producer for the game saying, you know, it wasn't going to meet fan expectations and for whatever reason, they're going to have to basically just scrap all the work they've done so far and restart it, the development from the beginning, working with pretty much just Retro Studios who was the studio who did Metroid Prime 1, 2, and 3. And I think a lot of fans assumed they were going to be doing Metroid Prime 4 when this was first announced, but um, that
1: wasn't the Nintendo. Case. So Nintendo never actually announced who was working on it. Um, there were like kind of things that came out. People said part of it was Bandai Namco was was helping with it. But mm-hmm. we never really knew what. And then did you see kind of the follow up journalistic stuff from this mm-hmm. after after this announcement? Uh, yeah. What like like what? So uh, basically some of the a couple of video game journalists um, tweeted out and we're talking about how basically Nintendo kind of was testing a. Um, having different studios around the world make different parts of this game and so some studios were working on different aspects and some studios were doing fine and some of them were really really struggling and so Mm -hmm. basically what Nintendo said was obviously this whole kind of piecemeal approach that big kind of big um, publishers like Ubisoft and stuff like that use for a lot of their games it's not working for Nintendo so they were like We're going to scrap everything, restart it, and have retro studios be the ones to kind of oversee it and do the whole development in one spot instead of having studios around the world work on it piecemeal. So I thought that was really interesting because Nintendo, I don't think, has ever really done that. And when they kind of tried to test it out, it didn't go well. Yeah. (laughs) it is interesting to kind of hear that perspective because you think of
0: Nintendo's, you know, internal development studios, you know, they're normally very focused on, you know, the one Mario title or Mario Kart or, you know, Zelda, whatever it may be.
1: And so that is interesting that they, if, if that is true. Um, yeah. That that, this is all just rumor that. and reporting. So yeah. nothing has been confirmed, but um, that's kind of what people were. were yeah, saying. Yeah. I mean,
0: I, I guess that would kind of make sense. Right. And you'd want one studio to do it. Then you're probably going to go back to the team that, you know, made all three of those games and all three of them were very well received. And I think it also speaks to fans expectations too when you know, so many fans were going, okay, is this Retro's game? Like, is Retro coming back to work on Metroid Prime 4? Because that's what I think pretty much all the fans wanted. And I think it was kind of telling when Nintendo wasn't really saying that because I think they kind of got a gauge of, oh, like, fans really want Retro to work on this. And so when (laughs) I think that was kind of planted in their head, and so when it wasn't working well, they're like, yeah, we should just go to Retro. That's I think that makes most people most happy.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, it's defi- it's obviously disappointing because it means, basically, Metroid Prime 4 isn't coming out in the earliest, like, what, three years if they work really yeah. hard and yeah. put it together. This will so, be an end of the Switch lifecycle game instead of a mid-cycle mid- yeah, game now. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, there's a lot were, of people who thought it was going to come out this year, right? Like, yeah,
1: yeah. There was certain people who were like, oh, yeah, it's going to be 2019. Like, because I think at some point in their, like, investor notes, they had labeled it as 2019 which Mm -hmm. nintendo does all the time to kind of and then those get pushed um Mm -hmm. very often so yeah Yeah,
0: so it's sad news but i think it's ultimately i don't think if you're a metroid fan you should be too upset about this because this is for the best nintendo said you know it wasn't shaping out to meet your expectations like if they would have put it out it sounds like it wouldn't have been a game that was good and honestly if metroid would have had a Big release like this, bomb. I don't know if we would have seen a Metroid game, you know, again for a very long time. You know, maybe even ever, because Metroid hasn't really gotten a lot of games lately um, in the series. And if the new game in it bombed, it's could go away. I mean, look at Star Fox, right? With Star Fox Zero, that game tanked. I doubt we're going to see another Star Fox game for you know until maybe the next generation Nintendo consoles, if that. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, and I think. um good on Nintendo for being kind of open and honest about this. Like the fact that they made a video and were honest about, Hey, this is what's happening. It's not coming together and we're restarting development. That's kind of a big risk that a lot of companies wouldn't Mm -hmm. be willing to take. And obviously it shows how much they care about that IP as well because you know, they've basically lost two years of funding on what they've been working on for the last two years. So that's two years of dead money basically. Mm -hmm. So, very, um, as compared to a company like maybe like Square Enix, where they announced Final Fantasy VII, like what? Remake like <laughs> four years yeah. ago. And we haven't yeah. heard anything. And there's all these rumors that it was like scrapped and restarted, and et cetera. So. Yeah, which which you know that, that game's had trouble, right? If we haven't seen yeah. really
0: anything since then. And even, you know, to a certain extent, maybe even some other games like, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3, right? That got announced with that trailer, in, I think, 2013. And here yeah. we are like seven years later. It's finally... Coming out like who knows how many you know development problems that game went through to you know games don't have seven year developments usually
1: so yeah yeah exactly. um, the 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 other big piece of this um story that's interesting to me is okay retro is coming back in to work on this what have they been doing for the last five years and okay has this it just been this are is, they just throwing everything out like yes this I'm is so exactly what's concerned this. me because. As excited as I am that, you know,
0: oh, you know, Metro Prime 4 is in Retro's hands. That's, you know, I think a good sign that the game will be good when it finally comes out. But I've been here secretly hoping that they've been working on a new Donkey Kong game, right? Because Tropical Freeze and Returns were so good. Tropical Freeze came out in 2014. That's, you know, five years ago now. It came out
1: early in 2014, so it's a full five years. Yeah,
0: full five years. And then the crazy thing is... Um, there was a tweet that I saw on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this, but from an art director at Defiant Studios, his name is Eric Kozlowski, and he formerly used to work at Naughty Dog and, most importantly, Retro, and he tweeted out when he heard this news about Retro taking over Metroid Prime 4. He said, unless Retro has grown to a two-game studio since I left, because, you know, they're a one-game studio, they work on one game, he says, I guess this means the game I was working on when I left retro in 2015 uh august i guess that game isn't happening anymore and it's canceled i have no clue but excited for everyone who gets to work on metroid and so here from a former retro employee he didn't say what it was but he said he was working on a different game back in 2015 you know theoretically a new donkey Kong game or some other game that they started working on after tropical freeze and this game either it's canceled and it's you know who knows what you know, whatever they worked on the last four years is gone, or maybe it's kinda of done and finishing development and it's gonna be releasing soon as kind of, you know, a surprise twenty nineteen release. That's what I hope, but you know, it's all, it's I, all up in the I air. Think I think that's what point.
1: we all hope. Or else the last, you know, basically five years of retro, you're throwing everything they've all the money that they've spent and everything they've worked on for the last five years out the window, which is like seems ridiculous to me. Like even, you know, though Metroid prime four, I feel like they have to have like a, maybe a small part of that studio start kind of prototyping it and pre be in pre-production on it. And then mm-hmm. have the rest of the studio finish whatever they've been working on. Unless like that, 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 there yes, were rumors, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully that's, that's what we're all hoping for. Cause last year there were rumors that kind of retro was in, some weird times like they were maybe trying to make a new ip or make a new game and it wasn't shaping up the way there's, they hoped so there's that Star Fox, don't... like f-zero like racing game that was rumored
0: that they were doing that never happened so yeah m- maybe it's that maybe it's something else hopefully we see you know a near completed project of retro be revealed soon <laughs> that is yeah. coming up before metroid prime 4 and i also think this definitely means we're going to see the metroid prime trilogy re-released on switch um Definitely. because it's 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 the breath of the wild thing right where they're so yeah. like oh sorry we're gonna have to delay this for you know a couple of years here in the meantime we're gonna you know do a hd re-release of wind waker and hd re-release of twilight princess to kind of tie you over and so this i would be yeah. shocked and appalled like it's it's pretty much 99 percent confirmed that we're gonna get those three metroid primes released on switch yeah if not well, this and- year next
1: year in relation to that, um, so Emron Khan who works for Game Informer, uh, he was tweeting out that basically uh, the Metroid Prime Trilogy you know, HD thing for Switch, whatever it is, is done. And Nintendo was supposed to announce it last month in December and for whatever hmm. reason they didn't. And so that hmm. could be a surprise announcement at any time. That's what he was saying, um, which gotcha. obviously he's a someone who covers video games. So yeah, it <laughs> seems like a pretty reliable source.
0: Yeah. and. If I remember correctly, the, the Twilight Princess uh, HD release that they did, um, that got, like, I think, released a couple of months after they announced it. Like, it was, I think they announced they, it, like, I in January, direct. I think they announced it in November, and they, something. I think was they it announced November? it in November, and it oh, okay. came
1: out in March or something like that. So, yeah. it was pretty quick. Within half like, a year. You know, four or five months or something yeah. like that. So, so that that could definitely be something that Nintendo could do. I think. Yeah,
0: I think I think Metroid fans would be very happy to have that in the meantime.
1: Yeah, but yeah.
0: Overall, let us know what your thoughts are. We already got um some, a lot of people uh, hitting us up on Twitter about what their thoughts on this, but it seems like most fans are impressed with the way Nintendo delivered the message and are on board for, you know, a delay if it means a better game. So. Yes. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully yeah. Metro: Prime Four comes out and it's amazing as everyone hopes. <laughs> we'll see. Yes. Yeah. Yep. All right. So we're going to move into our next segment here today, where uh, we're going to be sharing some of our controversial gaming opinions. And uh, as as we were doing this, uh, I, I was reading uh, one of Nathan's here, and I, I was shocked and appalled. At this one, uh, one of your thoughts here, Nathan. But uh, that—that's. I think that's the point of this segment,
1: right? Exactly. The point of this segment is to kind <laughs> of share some... Rattle
0: the cage.
1: Rattle the cage. We're trying to follow the YouTube money and upset people and <laughs> give all of our hot takes. No, right. I just think it's it's kind of fun to talk about. You know, we all have different opinions. And I think it's kind of fun to share some of the ones that, you know, are... Um, most people don't agree with so mm-hmm. um, that's kind of the point of this segment I'm going to kick us off um, my first controversial opinion is that the PlayStation 3 was a much better console than the Xbox 360 Ooh. and that is for a variety of reasons but number one that is the games obviously PS3 had a terrible start <laughs> they had the whole $600 thing no one bought the console it didn't really have a ton of great it was games was a giant George um, Foreman oven yes it was very big <laughs> Um, but then throughout its life cycle, I got a PS3 in 2011, and there, that library was really, really good. Um, that's where the Uncharted series started. There was three really good Uncharted games on the console. They had um, There was just a ton of kind of third-party games that came to the console that I really enjoyed. And I think um, slowly as the console built, the library ended up being better than the Xbox 360's library. Um, I would rather have the PS3 library um, over the 360. 360 had Halo 3, um, the first 3 Gears games I believe and Judgment 2 which wasn't good so we, we don't Well the it. the I think the reason why
0: why you're saying this now that I've kind yeah. of a- analyzed what you've been saying here is you are definitely much more of a single player gamer and yes, yes I I will I will agree with you that the PlayStation 3 at the end of its life cycle had better uh, single player gaming experience. Yeah.
1: Experiences exactly. As far as, yeah. I, but, I would definitely say that. But the
0: 360 that. like is is always going to be the better one for me because that was at the heyday of like Xbox Live where like I had so many friends online playing games on Xbox. Everyone used to use microphones back then. So just like the memories of playing Halo 3, Halo Reach, uh, the Gears of War games, just all these different games online on Xbox Live is what I always think of when I think of my Xbox 360. Like, sure, I played some, you know, fun single-player games too. But the the multiplayer and Xbox 360 was just, you know, eons ahead of
1: what yeah. PlayStation 3 had in their online community. Definitely. But, I mean, I think – so, one of the things I really appreciate, and once again, this goes back to single-player, is – Sony didn't really have their online together, and so then they they came out with PlayStation Plus, um, which the biggest benefit of that was they started giving away free games just mm-hmm. for subscribing to their to their online service. Yeah, it was, it was an optional service at the time. It was right? an optional. Yeah, you could play online without it. Um, still, and so they they gave away. I played a ton of games that I probably wouldn't have otherwise played. Um, and pretty big kind of um AAA games that they gave away. Um, through that service and then because of that then Microsoft started doing games with gold and we've kind of are used to this where you pay for a subscription you get free games every yeah, month yeah. so PlayStation kind of started that so I will argue that the PS3 was a much better console but... <laughs> no that, that's fine I, I know you're a bigger big single player guy yeah. so it makes sense alright Jeff give us give us one of yours <laughs> alright uh,
0: my first one is that Super Smash Brothers Melee is not fun to play anymore <laughs> <laughs> So I, I know I'm probably angering the the 25 people who still play melee religiously who aren't esports players, but uh, Smash uh, Bros. is is this a series? <laughs>
1: no, you're,
0: you're... there are not people who still play melee all the time, like outside of like the people who regularly do like tournaments and stuff like that. Like
1: uh-huh. the people who
0: are saying that have their nostalgia glasses on. Like I'm right there with you. Melee is one of my probably my highest you know, most played games in an amount of hours of, like, any game I've ever owned. Like, that was the game to get for GameCube. We played it all the time. But, like, when the new Smash Bros. games came out, like, sure, you know, Brawl had a couple things that weren't, you know, good design choices, with it being a little bit slower and the tripping. But it had a lot of things that made it way better than Melee. Like, the character roster. There was way more characters. We got King Dedede, you know, Lucas, you know, Zero Suit Samus, Meta Knight. Um... Wario Space Emissary. Yes. Like yeah, Sonic the and snake amount
1: of items, the smash ball.
0: Yeah. All, so many great improvements, just in adding online mode, even, you know, it wasn't the greatest <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> yeah. we had that. And then with smash four, and then now with smash ultimate, like the series has just gotten so much more refined, so much more fun to play. It's way more accessible <laughs> than the, than the last games, while yeah. still retaining that high skill gap and that, that high ceiling of high-level play. And, you know, honestly, going back to Melee now, like, I I can't really do it anymore. Like, I, I have all the Melee levels and characters in Ultimate. I never need to go back and play Melee anymore because Smash Ultimate just has all those things that you loved, really, from Melee, but everything is so much better, and there's so much more to do, more content. It looks better. It plays better.
1: And, yeah, yeah there's no reason to go back and play Melee anymore. That uh, That's... <laughs> Uh, that's definitely that's controversial, opinion. but for me, I have to agree with you. I would even go a step further and say Melee is the worst Super Smash Brothers game, but that's just <laughs> wow. <laughs> that I, really I, didn't that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Anyway. All right. Well, all right. well, well what's, what's your next one. one? My next one is uh, Valve made the right choice by never making a third game in their series. So I'm talking about Half-Life 3, Portal 3, Left 4 Dead 3. They stopped after two and all three of those really, really big, really popular series that they made. And so many people have been saying, when are we getting Portal 3 or when are we getting Half-Life 3 or whatever it is? And I'm saying Valve has made the right choice by never making a third game in the series. And the reason I say that is because if you look at it, most series and sequels, you think about the first game, it kind of sells the concept, introduces the idea. The sequel builds on that and really um, refines that in pretty much every way and then if you look at kind of the third game in a lot of series they've run out of kind of ideas and things to build on and they're just kind of trying to continue the story or continue the success of the second game so i Mm -hmm. think that um for example like uncharted 2 is much better than uncharted 3 in my opinion um because uncharted 3 just kind of rehashes everything uncharted 2 did and uncharted 2 did it better in many cases but so but uncharted 3 wasn't a bad game i, I loved it, uncharted wasn't, a, it 3. wasn't a bad game like i still enjoyed it i just argued about how it made the ps3 a great have a great yeah. library but i think so you would rather just still not game. have you'd rather
0: have not have a third series in any of these series just because it probably wouldn't be as good as the second
1: one Yeah. I think, you know, you, now people, people still, we're having this conversation right now. People still talk about half life (laughs) three, et cetera. Half life three had come out, we wouldn't be talking about it anymore. So they've left their mark on the industry. That's true. Uh,
0: I think, I think with portal three, three, that would be hard because they've already done so many cool ideas with portal, especially portal two with the co-op and the different stuff they added in that one, that would be very hard to make a third one. Um, and then we've seen other people try to make a new kind of Left for Dead series. You know, even just recently, the, the Overkill Walking Dead game, right? And none yeah. of them have been really received very well. So I think that's just a genre that you can't really make very successful anymore without retreading. So I guess I do, I do kind of see what you're saying. but Yeah, yeah. So that, that's All the my, Valve my people are very that. mad
1: right now. No, the Valve people are like, Nathan gets it. He's right. Everyone <laughs> else is bad. <laughs> okay. We'll see. Now, um, now they'll announce Half-Life 3 this year and I'll, I'll look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, my next opinion
0: here is that uh, I don't know how controversial this is. I, I, I guess it, it kind of depends who you talk to. But uh, I just have to say that multiplayer games are better than single player games. And I, I don't know if that, if that steams you up a little Man, bit. Man, I, I, I wish Nathan, Rob but... was on the show
1: right now because <laughs> he would
0: just be so upset. I Well, the thing is, like, people who love single-player games, love them. That's never going to change. Like, I'm not saying I don't love single-player games. You know, Spider-Man was my favorite game last year. That was a single-player game. I have so many great experiences with single-player. But the games that I keep coming back to are the multiplayer games because you get the human interaction with other people, right? Whether it's online or whether you're in the same room. Like, really, my best experiences and really when I'm having the most fun is when I'm interacting with other people. You know, just even... You know, a couple days ago, I was playing uh, Smash Bros, right? And I Uh didn't really have anyone to play with. My wife had kind of, you know, wanted to take a break. So I'm like, hey, I'll pick up uh, Pokemon Trainer. I've never really played them before. I'm going to try them out online. I'll probably, you know, get destroyed, but it'll be fun. I go on this winning streak of like six games in a row, and I'm just playing the best Charizard like I've ever played in my life. I don't know (laughs) how. And I'm like one win away from unlocking Elite Smash with Pokemon Trainer. I'm like, I have to do it. This is so amazing. And I just start losing round after round and round and then I start going I lose like seven rounds <laughs> in a row yeah and then I'm my are, my Pokemon Charizard is now my worst ranked character in Smash Bros. Online and I'm just like God, dang it like come on and it just that feeling you get from playing other people especially in fighting games where you're like you know you're reading other people and they're reading you and you're you know trying to outsmart and predict what they're doing like you can't really get that in a single player game AI is never going to get to the point where it can realistically simulate um, you know how another human uh, plays and how the human mind works. So I just, I just love multiplayer games. You I mean look at destiny two's significantly the game I played yeah, the most.
1: How much gameplay you put into that versus exactly. like the next highest game, which was a single player game. Yeah.
0: And you know, I've, I've played that single player kind of in in a way where, you know, I always haven't matched up with people and played with friends, but you know, the reason I do play it is because they do have so many friends playing it and it's that that's what's so great about it. So. Yeah. Wow. That,
1: that is pretty controversial. I, um, I think I don't like, mo- I enjoy multiplayer games, but I, I would say I enjoy single player games more, but that's mostly just because I'm really bad at video games. And so <laughs> I know I can usually beat a CPU, but yeah. uh, when it comes to real people, it's, uh, oh, no, my, 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 <laughs> com- that's, I can get my competitive side out
0: with yeah. with uh, multiplayer games. Like, you know, growing up, I was always competing with my brothers, you know, in sports and different things and just, competing in high school and middle school, doing, you know, basketball, baseball, you know, football, these different sports. And when I was an adult, you don't really have as many opportunities to do that necessarily anymore, but you can turn on, you know, Street Fighter 5 at any time and play someone else online and get those competitive juices flowing.
1: So it's, it's fun. I love it. Love it for that cool cool all right nice all right well here's the one that i think here's my gaming opinion that i think may have uh, upset you a little bit jeffrey and that is super mario sunshine super mario odyssey and mario super mario galaxy 1 and 2 are all better games than super mario 64. blasphemy (laughs) it's true uh super mario sunshine you know nintendo had just had this huge success with Super Mario 64. They could have played it safe and done something very similar. They decided to experiment and do something that was really unique. I loved the vacation kind of island atmosphere. And I thought Flood, for the most part, was really fun, especially when you used it to assist you because you missed the jump and you're like, oh, crap, I got to hold it. So so that's why you like it, because it made the game easier. You didn't have to be good at platforming. You just hovered around the entire time. Exactly. It was great. You know, it made it more accessible. And beyond that, Mario Galaxy 1 and 2, if you wanted the pure platforming, had better pure platforming than Super Mario 64. And Odyssey has surpassed it in pretty much every way. So, yeah, I I think Super Mario, the only 3D games that Super Mario 64 are better than is 3D World and 3D Land. Well, I'll give you
0: Odyssey and the Galaxy games, but there's no way that Sunshine is better than (laughs) Mario 64 here. Like, your only reason was the island theme, which Mario 64 has, like, water-like themed levels. So if you like water, there you go. And the flood being an assist tool for you. Like, cleaning up paint and chasing down 500 manta rays on a beach wasn't fun to me like the best part of Mario Sunshine were the part where they
1: took the flood away and you had the platforming parts but but, but don't those let me parts re- don't were kind of fun interactions but it wasn't the best part and you weren't like swimming in water a ton in Super Mario Sunshine versus Mario the Super Mario 64 the water levels you had the swimming like controls weren't even that great it was very frustrating so well uh at- you, you can have your opinion. I, I, I like
0: Mario Sunshine. Like, I like on yeah. every Mario game, but it's definitely the weakest of the, the 3D Mario games. The it took the Mario, Mario 64 formula, tried lots of different ideas, which I respect, right? But, yeah. you know, running around a haunted house, you know, searching for booze and then throwing hot peppers at King Boo in a casino roulette is not what what I expect in a Mario game. So
1: okay you, you gotta give me the bowser and a hot tub fight as uh, the, the best worst best fight of all time. okay the voice acting
0: mario sunshine is qu- disqualified for the voice acting alone there's a reason nintendo's never done voice acting in one of any of their main hey, games since then nintendo is because tried mario to sunshine. actually
1: give a mario game a story which i respect they try. <laughs> i <laughs> respect a the
0: terrible decision <laughs> Oh, oh, but no right. well, i, I yeah, love love the galaxy one. games yeah. odyssey like you you can those games tried new things like the gravity mechanic and galaxy in- and galaxy. you know odyssey with the capture and throwing the hat and the new ways of Traversial. um those games tried new things that were very successful in my opinion
1: is but. uh so it's been like a year since mario odyssey came out is odyssey your favorite mario 3d game or um, can you not decide
0: to yet? <laughs> yeah it's 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 still still hard for me to decide i I don't know. I feel like Mars 64 still has to take the cake because when I look back on Odyssey, like footage or gameplay and stuff, I'm like, Oh, that was a great time. And I look back on Mars 64. I'm just like, Oh, my love, my favorite game ever. Uh, like, oh. You're just wearing nostalgia rose. It is. Cloth. So that's, like the, no- is. the nostalgia is still hitting me, you know, yeah. we'll see where I am, you know, five years from now. If, if I look back at Odyssey is fun Yeah. Uh, or as fun, but just the sheer amount of moons and, and all the different worlds and, uh, Odyssey. And Odyssey was fun, but yeah. I think if it would have gotten DLC, it probably would have put it over, over the top for me, but I, it doesn't look like we're going to be getting that, so.
1: No, and I, I think that's fine. I mean, Mario 64 didn't get any DLC, yeah. no, so it, you judge it. it.
0: it. And it's fine, just that would have been the little extra nudge if it had just one or two more worlds, the like worlds. giant kingdoms, because yeah. there wasn't quite as many kingdoms as I had hoped mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in Odyssey, but... Uh, I think we're going to get an Odyssey 2 you know, in the next year or
1: two. So I, I think probably 2020 that Odyssey 2 is going to get announced and come out. Yes, but which we'll will be great. Yes. All right. What's your, what's your last uh, controversial opinion?
0: All right. So mine's also a Mario opinion here. And um, <laughs> it's that Super Mario All-Stars plus Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo is the best video game re-release ever made. So... Back in you know the early 90s, video game re-releases weren't really a thing.
1: Yep. This
0: was kind of the first one with Super Mario All-Stars that launched with Super Mario Bros. 1, 2, and 3, plus Super Mario Bros. 2 from Japan, which had never been released in America and was super hard, it was called The Lost Levels. They remastered them all with 16-bit music and graphics and art style. They added save capabilities. And then a few years later, they packaged it together with Super Mario World, which was the Super Nintendo Mario game that's also one of the best games of all time. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. All those
0: games in one cartridge, there's never been a collection or a re-release or a port of a game that's been better than that
1: that one single cartridge right there. Changed my mind. Uh, Okay, so what would the other games that would be competing with this? like the other re you said re-release right so what would be the other re-releases that Either, like re-release or collection like this is or this just is the collection best, in right? general because this bad.
0: was they really remade the games right they they weren't just yeah. straight ports they they redid you know the art style they added new features stuff like that um and in my way it's really the, in my opinion it's the definitive edition to, uh, the definitive way to play these games because it, it just plays and looks so much better um but yeah i mean you know think you think of any really re-release that's come out in the last five years, there's been so many, even just like yeah. trilogy collections with, you know, the, the mass effect trilogy, you have, you know, things like shadow, of the Colossus, the crash remastered, the Spyro remastered,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, the, the legend of Zelda, you know, collector's edition for the GameCube that had all that the games ported on there. This is, I think just the best single collection of games re-released on, on one, on one game.
1: I, I think it's hard to argue with you just because the sheer amount of content and quality you're getting. Like if I had to say my favorite re-release or remaster, it would probably be wind Waker HD on the Wii U Mm -hmm. because they took wind Waker, made it more beautiful and fixed all the parts that were kind of bad or, you know, not as fun about that game. So, Something like that is great, but that's still only one game versus, you know, Super Mario World and Super Mario Brothers 3 in addition to the other two Mario games on NES which are great but just yep. not quite as good as World. And Plus
0: 3. the Japanese Mario-, Mario game that never came out in America. Oh, so it had it lost like,
1: levels in it too?
0: Yeah, it had lost levels in I it did too. I didn't know that. That was the first time I ever or really anyone in America, not just me, was able to play yeah. that game. Um and It was just so cool for that reason. And it was just so great. And really, those games didn't really need any fixing. Like, they didn't need to change anything or make it easier or add stuff. Like, the only thing they needed to add was the ability to uh, save the game. So, one thing I really liked is once you unlocked, like, let's say, you know, I got to world eight, when I restarted the game and I selected, you know, my game, I could choose what world I wanted to start at, which was. Something you know the old Mario games didn't have. You know I can start from my favorite world now. I don't have to you know replay the game all the way up till that point to get to my favorite level. So, um, awesome collection. I I love love those games, and I was very sad when they weren't included on the Super Nintendo Classic. They only had Super Mario
1: World. They didn't have All-Stars. So Ugh, That was that was the one and only time Nintendo packaged like four of great games together. After yeah. that, they realized, hey, we could sell all of these individually and make way more money.
0: Yeah, that, they actually did re-release Mario All-Stars one time. It was on the Wii.
1: It oh, was really?
0: more of a limited release. Like It it wasn't in stores for a really long time. Um, uh-huh. But it was called just Super Mario All-Stars, I think, Wii or something. And it was literally just a straight, like, port of the ROM of Mario <laughs> All-Stars. did it wow. include Super Mario World, though. And then uh-huh. it did have some cool physical goodies, though. Like, I think it had a little soundtrack CD, and it had a little, like, Mario art booklet or something. But I think they released it on Wii, like, for 40 bucks or something like that, which okay. was, like... At the same time, they're selling all these at Super Nintendo games for 8 At the same Nintendo time, they selling all bucks. those games <laughs> for, like, what, 5 $10 bucks in the... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... So uh, that, that's the reason I never got it. But now I'm kind of kicking myself. Because I'm like, ah, oh, that'd be a cool physical thing to have in my
1: collection. Well, yeah, kind
0: of cool collector's item, for yeah, sure.
1: But All right, cool. Well, let us know on Twitter what kind of your guys' controversial opinions are. Um, I didn't include all of mine because I think we've talked about some of them on the show before. But, uh, yeah, I want to know what, what you guys uh, kind of what your controversial opinions are. So tweet at us at heylisten underscore games. Yeah um all right well let's jump
0: into what we are playing um i think we could kind of start it off with iconoclast because i know nathan we've both kind of been playing this game as it was on ps plus um good well what is kind of your your overall impression was it more fun than you expected was it maybe not as good as you expected What, what what do you think so far
1: so I had heard good things, um, but I had heard kind of more good things about the story and the the setting and stuff like mm. that. Um, I hadn't really heard a lot about the gameplay, but so I jumped in and started playing it, and I was like, "Oh, this is like really fun!" Like I initially jumped in and was like, oh, "I'll just kind of check this out, maybe play like 20 minutes." And the first time I played, I ended up playing like two hours or something. Oh wow, like that nice! Because I was like, "Oh, I just want to go over here and see what that is." So um, it's a really tight, solid um, platformer. I'm playing, I think, on the medium difficulty whatever that is um and that hasn't Mm -hmm. been you know too hard or anything like that so um i really enjoy kind of just exploring exploring the world and the story is like kind of insane like there's like they worship like a machine god or something like that there's like the church of machines and only certain people can use them and you're a yeah and, lawbreaker because you use a wrench
0: <laughs> yeah i no, it's a very like ty- tyrannical government that worships this you know robot deity and if yeah. you do any job or anything that they don't say is okay they'll like just come and kill you and like destroy your house and stuff like it's kind of a very kind of oppressive scary it's very overly, dark yeah. yeah
1: like it's more dark than i expected like well, you see the pixel the art, art style, and like the, color, the game is colors. super yeah. kind of bright and <laughs> colorful and Almost and it's kind like of this really happy-go-lucky or something yeah like it's that. this
0: deep but... like kind of dark storyline like oh, oh my goodness
1: like what <laughs> yeah yeah um but no i i have uh, really been enjoying kind of the the gameplay and the platforming is um enjoyable but not too difficult for me um they throw in kind of some extra challenges with getting some of the the optional jewels and stuff you can get as well mm. which is neat yeah i find it's the difficulty doesn't come in the platforming it's more in just like the light
0: puzzle solving that's in there yeah. um where really the puzzles are just you're looking for you know a certain key or to get up to a certain way by you know moving a switch or a door around so you're kind of just kind of exploring through an area trying to find the different routes to get to you know the different checkpoints and stuff like that
1: yeah yeah so it's i i've have really been every time i played it though i have been like man this is great and i enjoy this game but i really wish I have this game because it was on PS plus. I'm like, I wish this game was on my switch. Cause I know I would play it more. <laughs> yeah. Is it not on switch? It is on switch. It is on switch. I okay. just don't have switch. Gotcha. So. <laughs> so if you're thinking about getting this game or giving it a try, I, if you have a switch, I'd recommend picking it up there.
0: Yeah, no, I I would love to have this game on switch as well because, uh, um, it totally reminds me of some of my old like favorite kind of super Nintendo and even kind of like game boy advance like type games. Like it, just even like the gameplay and the platforming feels very similar to a lot of platformers I played, you know, on the GBA and having it on a handheld Nintendo system feels right because of that feeling. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah de- definitely, definitely a cool game. Um, it seems like it's, there's a lot to do and there's a lot of story. Like I, I think I'm about two hours in as well. And it seems like I've only kind of scratched the surface. So I, I'll probably still keep on playing. I don't know if I'll get all the way to the end, but I, yeah. I'm enjoying my time with it as well.
1: Yeah, it's good. Cool. Um. So the other game I've been playing uh is a uh, Portal Knights, which is another actually PS Plus game. Um, it was free on PS Plus in January, and this game is like basically like a Minecraft knockoff. Um, but it's you know kind of a little bit more focused on the adventure aspect. Um, and you play you can play in third person or first person instead of just um, first person. But it's all about kind of getting resources and using those resources to. Um, craft new things and then you unlock more things that you can craft and explore different worlds and stuff like that and you know it's a it's a pretty fun game um what i've enjoyed about it is you can play local multiplayer so i played this game with my wife um a fair amount last weekend and uh that was kind of nice because we could both kind of work on the same thing or do different things and um it's just a nice uh multiplayer game to play with someone
0: yeah i i tried this game with my wife on your recommendation because you said you were kind of enjoying it and me and my wife just couldn't (laughs) couldn't get into it so i i don't know if it's just because it's a crafting game or what but i i i do play minecraft a little bit and like i i you know play with my students and stuff so i think i'm just kind of so used to minecraft and i've kind of learned that system that having to learn a whole new crafting system that's not quite as good in my opinion is is not really for me i guess
1: i i would definitely agree that the the crafting at least like the part i've enjoyed is kind of the adventuring and upgrading yeah. etc the crafting stuff was like kind of really frustrating <laughs> to make it like it didn't really feel good it didn't feel as um kind of versatile as playing minecraft even with a controller is so
0: yeah I, I would like if you're wanting to that. get more of just you know a building or crafting resource game you know definitely you know just i i'd say stick with minecraft you know that's yeah. also got the yeah. local and online multiplayer but if you want a little more like almost kind of like story content and venturing and fighting enemies i think this game might offer you know a little bit more a little of bit than more minecraft than. Might. yeah So for sure for sure cool what have you been playing jeff well i i really want to talk about a game i've been playing on xbox game pass um you know, this is a game that came out two years ago and was very well-received for um, a lot of different reasons, but uh, the game is a Hellblade Senuous Sacrifice. Um, so this game was made to kind of raise awareness for, you know, people with kind of mental... mental dis- yeah, mental health issues. Um, mm-hmm. Your main character basically experiences, like, psychosis and has, like, voices in their head as you're playing. Um, and, like, it, I... <laughs> I'll say that the voice acting performance is really what draws you in about this game, but it's also like super, like kind of creepy and almost messed up at times. And like, I I have to play this game in a very short burst. Like I'm not playing this game for like, you know, two hour sessions or anything like that because um, basically from the very get go, um, your character hardly says really anything, but basically her voice has, you know, four or five different kind of voices who have different emotions inside of her head. And they're constantly speaking at you and over each other. And so like, you'll just be kind of going down a, you know, the path and you'll see, you know, let's say uh, a locked door and there's like a fire behind you and you have to quickly, you know, figure out a way to get through the door. Then the voices will just start saying things like, oh, You're gonna die. Oh, she's gonna die. Oh, she's terrible. Oh, you're gonna burn. Oh, and you're just like, oh my goodness. Like like it just kind of adds this extra stress to everything that you're doing because you have all these inner voices kind of worrying you and saying different things. And you also have hallucinations of like, I think some of like your former friends who like I think died or something like that. And they kind of talk to you and kind of guide you along your way too. But it's just kind of this very trippy experience that you're playing and i mean the main gameplay is pretty much you're just kind of walking around solving kind of light puzzles in the environment and then there's a few combat um pieces in between kind of the areas where it's just a very simplistic give a sword you know you have a light attack a heavy attack and a dodge that's pretty much it um so you do do a little combat and stuff to mix up the gameplay but normally you you get to these doors that have like a like a nordic rune or something that's set like kind of in the norse mythology kind of world and then you have to kind of go find it's almost like a hidden hidden picture puzzle where you know it kind of the shape looks like an l so you have to kind of go up onto the side of the cliff and look down oh look the the tree branches make that l shape and then it unlocks the door for you oh interesting Um, yeah so so kind of interesting puzzles there's there's not a lot to them but i'm kind of glad like i don't the fun part isn't, I don't think, walking around for 25 minutes solving the puzzles. Yeah. It's more just yeah. experiencing kind of the the story and seeing, you know, what the the voices are saying and what kind of happens as you go, um, yeah. kind of go along the story. But And this isn't,
1: you haven't finished this uh, yet? No,
0: right? I, I'm about four hours in. I, I just okay. kind of... It's not a very beat...
1: long game if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah, I, I I get a sense that I'm about halfway through the game. Um, okay. I I got to this point where I have to basically defeat two different gods and... I defeated uh Surtur, who's the fire god and now I'm on my way of defeating I forget what the name of the other god is but a, a okay. second second god character but Yeah, yeah it's def- definitely very dark c- definitely kind of creepy it's kind of on the border for me where I I'm fine with it but if it kind of starts to go a little bit more too dark or <laughs> creepy like I you don't might know if I need I'd, to stop playing Yeah I don't yeah. know if I would yeah. enjoy yeah, it anymore I get that. but it's it is it is really interesting experience I I recommend checking it out if you really like you know um really good like voice acting and really good performances the the main like they did voice voice capture and like facial animations and performance capture for the main actress as well and there's parts where you know she has kind of like these mental breakdowns and the acting and what's going on is just super crazy and it's just kind of this really intense game but it's also kind of just a really cool experience that i want to keep kind of seeing what happens next so I don't know. It's, it's hard, hard to describe, but
1: yeah. Yeah. It, it sounds like it, but it sounds like a neat game. So, uh, that's Hellblade. Um, yeah. and that's on, is that on Xbox game pass right now? Yeah, it's
0: on Xbox game pass right now. So, okay. um, what I did is they have a, they started a new promo in January where you can get game pass for a month for only $1. Like <laughs> I, I've done this promo a couple times. They keep giving me giving Xbox gold users the promo. So yeah, you can pay one buck and you know, you can play through this game in a weekend probably if if you yeah. wanted to and, experience a really cool game so been playing that but dipping my toes in a couple other game pass games too but um, I'm excited for when crackdown three comes out next month because uh, I'll be using my game pass for that and uh be able to experience that game finally, and it probably won't be very good. But I, <laughs> I love the first two Crackdown games. I'm sure it'll be fun to mess around in a couple hours,
1: which is why well, I'm glad it's on Game Pass. Right, I don't have to yeah, pay sixty bucks yeah, you to experience have to pay sixty it. bucks to, to get that experience. Cool.
0: Okay. Was there
1: was there anything else you you play you've been playing that you wanted to talk about? Um, yeah. Well, I'm I'm borrowing Pokemon from you, and I you are. What do you What do you think of it so far?
0: So I, I have I have a lot of lot of thoughts on this game. Okay. Um, I want to say if this off the get go, like the 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 charm that they put in this game is incredible. Just like yes. from when you first booted up the game and Pikachu's jumping out of the TV talking to you and just seeing how they kind of reworked a lot of the original things from Pokemon Red, which, you know, I have, I have the first 20 hours of that game memorized in my head, right? Um, and just yeah. seeing how they kind of reworked... It so many times. Yeah, th- how they reworked those different things and made it work. Um, it, it's, it's really fun seeing the reimagining of it because it's not, you know, a straight port. They did change things. Um, it did take a little while to get used to not battling wild Pokemon. Like (laughs) I'd start a battle and be like, Oh wait, why am I not throwing my, you know, Charmander out to fight, fight the guy and, you know, fight the Pokemon. But, um, I will say I, I do think it's a good change to just switch to the catching the Pokemon. Um, fighting, grinding the battles is not really that fun. That was something that wasn't really good in the original games and took forever and so i'm kind of glad that you can choose the pokemon battles that's one of my favorite things is you see the pokemon wandering around and you can initiate the battle with the pidgey to catch it or you can initiate oh you know i found a an onyx right in mount moon i'm like oh my gosh i ran straight to it and caught it and it was this awesome feeling that you get um i will say my, my biggest con with the game is it's way too easy um yeah, it's it's pretty easy. <laughs> like you could tell they made this for the, you know, the mobile players or little kids, right? Like I'm I just got on the SSN like the boat. Um, yes. so I I have two ba- two badges and I think I've only had three Pokémon faints in the entire game so far and that's just because I was being stupid. I'm like, I don't care if they faint. <laughs>
1: like, so uh, so another change they made that I don't know if you'd notice this but <laughs> I noticed it because I did there is a couple parts that get a little bit harder. Okay. But you can also just now, instead of having to go to PC, right? You can switch out your Pokemon at any time. Yeah. So if they and faint, so you can, can just switch out a, a new fainted guy. Pokemon and put in one from a different box that's completely healthy, yeah. which I think is a little ridiculous.
0: Yeah. You're, you're never going to black out in this game. Like like I used to black out all the time because I would, you know, be grinding Mountain Moon. And then by the time I go all the way back to the Poke Center, I, I've passed out from all the Zubat encounters or something, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I do I do like the some of the changes. I don't really like how much easier it is. That being said, I kind of just want to experience this game. I I don't want to you know spend a bunch of time grinding and dying and stuff. So I think I'm yeah, fine with exactly. it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. Especially since I'm just borrowing it from you. But um, yeah, no. I, overall, I think think it's good. I I, I hope they keep you know they'll the be able to see what random
1: encounters you have. Um, Going forward into Pokemon games, yeah, I'm really curious to see um, some of those changes that they made that I ended up enjoying more than I thought I would. To see Mm -hmm. how they, if they keep those or if they go back to kind of what it was before, um, how that affects stuff.
0: Yeah, and I, I really hope that they don't use the same exact art style and assets for the next Pokemon game. Um, Like some of the Pokemon look totally fine and stuff, but then like other ones, like you look at Charmander and its like skin is like look like this like super smooth like like orange material. Like it looks like, I don't even know how to describe it, like plasticky almost. And you look at its tail and it's like this very simplistically like red and yellow, like cartoon flame. And I'm like, I- I'd like to see the series maybe kind of evolve with a different art style. Maybe, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be realistic, but maybe expand beyond the initial design and art style that they've been using for the last... You know since the anime, i guess really so yeah I,
1: I i really enjoyed the art style for what it was in in let's go but definitely with the gen 8 i'd yeah. love to see like that i'm fine out. with in this game it. i'm hoping
0: that but the next game doesn't look exactly the same yeah you, you know
1: yeah I, I i would agree with that yeah so
0: well we'll see but i think think it's a good game for what it is i'm excited uh, to keep on keep on playing and check it out um uh, the last thing I just have to say, I actually, I texted you about this. Your, your rival, in the beginning, you call his name and stuff. He's, like, your best friend. Like, you first meet him, and he's like, yeah. here, have some Pokeballs. Here, have this. Let's go, buddy. And you're like, I'm just like, what is this? Like, he's supposed to be my rival, and he says, like, smell you later and stuff. And then he, he – I won't spoil it for if you haven't played it, but he, your real arrival appears later in the game,
1: and yeah. he – they- they yeah. the story, like you said it's not a straight port they kind of changed yeah. the story a little bit which they, is which they is reimagined fun. it so yes exactly. which I'm fine with if, if they
0: wouldn't put the real rival in there and just had to be, you only had best friends in this world. I would have been, okay, come,
1: come on, really? I, I was kind of surprised when yeah. you texted me that because I was like, Jeff played X and Y, and in X and Y, and then also in Sun and Moon, like, you don't have rivals anymore. You just have friends who you kind of battle throughout the game and stuff like that. Yeah, but and, like, and I, hey, we like you. And I did not like that.
0: Like, there was this, yeah. there was some moment in Pokemon X, where you, like, have this moment with your little friend who's a girl, and you're like, she's like, I love sharing this moment with you. Let's watch fireworks together. And I'm just like, this is so bad. Why are they doing this? I just want a rival who pops up every, you know, hour or two and is a jerk to me, and then I battle him, and then he goes <laughs> off crying. Like that's what I want. So I'm uh, glad they man. still kept the rival in there, even if it is a little different. And he still, my rival, still gave me a present when I beat him, which I didn't understand, but whatever. <laughs> like rivals uh, don't give each other you're starting presents. Start to sound
1: like an old man, Jeffrey.
0: Yeah, well, if I'm a, if I'm a rival with someone else, I'm not going to give them a I'm not going to bake them a cake after I, I trash talk them. I, I don't understand. Okay. That, but, okay. Um, anyways, um, cool. fun game. It's good. Uh, only other game I've been playing was a game called Kuso. It's on the Switch eShop. Um, it was on sale for 99 cents, and I'm like, you know what? Nice. Take a chance. Yeah. Why not? And I have to officially give this game my best. <laughs> My best ninety nine cent game on the Switch recommendation now.
1: <laughs> oh, so that breaks. There was some other puzzle game that was ninety nine cents that I think. You yeah,
0: I, I I liked I liked Swap It. Uh, Swap yeah. It was pretty good, but I realized after playing it for more than two hours, Swap It didn't have a ton to keep me coming back to it. Sure. Kuso um, has is just pretty much a straight platforming, like it's a very simple pixel platformer, almost kind of like Meat Boy, almost okay. where the, you know the stages are usually pretty short. Um, but there's a pretty forgiving checkpoint system. You can make checkpoints whenever you want, so you can kind of scale the difficulty. Really fun little platformer. It plays great on handheld, and it's a uh, yeah. I don't know if it's still on sale for 99 cents. It might not be, but if you see it see it on sale for a buck, definitely definitely uh, get it. It's uh, Kuso. It's spelled K U S O. Sweet. That sounds good. All right, well, I think that wraps up uh, this week's show. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'd love to, to hear your thoughts on the episode or let us know what your controversial gaming opinions are. You can find us, as always, on Twitter at heylisten underscore games. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes if you enjoy the show. And we will leave you with Fendrana Drifts, uh, a song here from the Metroid Prime original soundtrack. Have a good week, everyone. See ya.